Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful episode tonight. The topic is tantric energy orgasm. Now right there, I'm hooked. I'm I'm in. And our guest tonight is Judith Ann Condon. We're going to bring Judith on in just a minute. But I want to, um, this, the topic of Tantra energy orgasm is, uh, is, is something I'm, I'm very fond of. I, I mean, on this show, we've talked about, about every modality, every flavor, every, every conceivable perception of this, this notion of human consciousness, or even, a, even in a more pure um, language, consciousness, period, just consciousness. And I think that um, I'm sure there's, there's a very broad multitude of uh, attitudes and perceptions and beliefs or um, be they accurate or inaccurate beliefs, related to the, the notion of Tantra. It certainly hasn't been a mainstream concept in our Western world. I don't remember any high school classes about Tantra. Um, if, if anything, perhaps it's been on the fringe. And now perhaps in the Eastern arena, um, it might be more mainstream or commonplace in the past or even in the present day. But um, I had a men's group in Boulder uh, quite a while ago, and it really behooves me. It really kind of blew me away, some of the issues that these men would bring up that were happening in their life. I mean, once we created a a safe place, a sacred place perhaps, where they felt safe, where they felt like they could share something about themselves and and survive it or not be judged. I mean, I mean it. And sometimes it took a while for that to happen. It was amazing what would come out of their mouth. Thing uh, things they had been carrying in their mind that they hadn't shared with anybody else of any significance. And um, th- those turned those turned out to be very power- powerful moments. And when we look at when we look at tantra, uh, I think a lot of uh, um, misconceptions about tantra um, uh, keep it at arm's length, if you will, with the rank and file spiritual seekers. It, um, the reason why you might in, uh, entertain the notion of engaging in Tantra might not have anything to do with spirituality. It might not have anything to do with the, perhaps the metaphysics behind the, um, the mechanics of Tantra, if you will. But I suggest to you that there's, um, there's so many um, healing modalities on the planet. And thank God for that, and and they're all wonderful. Yes, let us heal ourselves. And a lot of those modalities can help you harvest the uh, low-hanging fruit um, to heal the the readily accessible issues within your persona, within your karmic disposition, if you will. But every now and again, there's... um, topics come along that take us deeper within ourselves, take us deeper within our own psyche, within our own persona. And I think Tantra is certainly one of those things. And like I said, with the men's group, I know uh, I could really easily see that men would hold this notion of Tantra at like, well, I'm not so sure I want to go there. I mean, that's kind of like, that's that. You don't know what's going to be happening when you start digging up um, 
um, digging deeper into your psyche or or delving deeper in, into this who you are persona. But I suggest you listen, and, I, and of course the women too, but I invite the men listening to the show to, to just shelf, just put on the shelf what you thought Tantra was and, um, and listen with fresh ears, listen with virgin ears. Because I suggest to you, um, our human culture is is aching for people to do the deep dive, the deep cleanse, the um, uh, to delve deeper into their own persona and birth a more authentic, a more uh, vibrant personification of themselves. And I think tantra is an excellent vehicle for that. Well, you didn't let, dial into the show to listen to me yak the whole damn hour. Let's get to it, because our guest tonight, uh, Judith Ann, is, um, I think she really brings it, um, and we're going to have a wonderful conversation tonight. You know, the energy orgasm is a mysterious sexual and energetic phenomenon that is gaining more and more fame and acclaim these days. Many people believe it to be fictional and imaginary, or perhaps simply reserved for the sexually elite. Judith, Judith says, not so. She, she is here to bust that myth and many others that are associated with this sensational experience. Judith Ann says that she was blessed with deep spiritual experiences as she began exploring sexuality, which has very naturally evolved into Tantra. Fate led her to the path of Tantra by placing her in Margaret and Nan's Tantra coaches training in California and in the south of France. Following years of fascination on her part with Margot's work, these trainings were ongoing for Judith Ann and expand as does the transformation of Tantra in our Western world. In addition, Judith Ann's skills and understandings have been amplified and enhanced by others, including but not limited to uh, Wilhelm Reich, Osho Sarita, Alexander Lowen, Candace Pert and Stuart Savosky. I want you to join me in welcoming Judith Ann to the show. Judith, thank you for being our guest tonight. Thank you, Les, for inviting me, and, and thanks, Susan, for helping to support me and in, in coming forward onto your show. And thank you to all of you who are here this evening and interested in Tantra. I'm going to do my very best to make it very real for you and very... Um, accessible and meaningful uh, for yourselves and, and those that you love. So our main topic this evening, we're going to hang uh, the story of Tantra that I'm going to tell, is uh, labeled a sovereign tantric energy practice. And that's because what Tantra does is use mastery of our energy flow to unify our body, including its sexuality, with our hearts, and our souls, and our spirits, so that we're able to operate at full capacity. And the term orgasm, which is, can be very threatening, or perhaps eyebrow-raising to many, really means a free flow of life force energy throughout our bodies, and a free flow of life force energy that allows us to deepen and expand our way of being in the world with our full sensory awareness, um, enlivened and nurturing us and providing enjoyment and allows us also to fall deep into our body, which is a place that often many of us uh, don't inhabit. We have a belief here in not only the Western culture, but throughout the world that it's our minds that direct our lives and that um, that's, where, that's our go-to for who to be and where to go and, and what to do. The truth of the matter is that our bodies, also known as our subconscious, are what really directs our lives 
And so the more that we can gain awareness and affection and mastery over our body's energetic aspects, the more we are able to um, to know for sure what's true for us and what uh, we should do when it comes to making a decision or taking an action. And, of course, in the very center of our bodies, uh, in the realm of Tantra and its chakra system, is our heart chakra. And there have been many studies to prove that it's our heart that informs our mind. So the um, the thoughts that we have in our mind, they emanate from our heart and our gut. And I think all of us are, are perhaps a little more familiar with um, the term gut feeling. So I had a gut feeling, we might be saying, about that situation, but I overthunk it. <laughs> and it turned out <laughs> this way or that way when had I listened to my gut, um, taken a little more time, I would have been more aligned with that, you know, positive outcome. So um, as I begin to talk about Tantra, I like to uh, to remind us that it's a bridge. Tantra practice, the uh, chakra system, is a rainbow bridge between the carnal aspects of our life and the um, spiritual. So we're really operating from the very base of our uh, body, uh, our genitals, our sexual uh, gifts, all the way to our crown, to the top of our crown. So we're using our sexual life force and creative energy as spiritual rocket fuel. And that being said, the majority of people who come to Tantra, at least in my realm, are most interested in integrating their sexuality with their heart so that there's a, a pelvic heart connection and that they're able to to connect either with a partner that they're already with or with a partner that may be waiting for them in the future. So the primary uh, practices that we uh, endeavor to gain mastery over operate with a um, an awareness and affection and an expansion of our sexual energy uh, and bringing it into the heart chakra. Now, the, that being said, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. The uh, sovereign tantric energy practice that I um, offer uh, every week of the um, year, with the exception of summer when we do it every other week, is a group practice uh, that benefits uh, from a consistency in its uh, practicing and also benefits from the group energy and sharing that uh, takes place at the Osho Center in North Boulder. This practice is a an ancient practice, and it's found in all sexually knowledgeable cultures throughout the entire world. And that being said, I'd like to just run down a list of <clears throat> the kinds of tantra, the forms of tantra, the flavors of tantra that live uh, with us in our world and have for a long time with those who have been privileged to access its power and mastery. So the first one that comes to mind is the um, school of Tantra that I am a student of, student and teacher of, and this is known as Neo-Tantra. So this is Tantra as it's been brought to us and presented in the West by um, several Masters, one of whom is Margot Anon, my primary teacher. She is known as the grandmother of uh, Western Tantra. And her her work combines elements of Tantra from all over the world as well, although its primary mix is uh, that of India and Tibet. And uh, it is Margot uh, who, to whom Osho, a great Indian mystic known also as an incredible tantric master throughout the world, uh, gave Margot when she was a student, student at the Sorbonne, traveling around India, sitting in his ashram, gave her her life's purpose, uh, which was to bring tantra to the West. So Margot's version, Western Tantra, falls under the category of neo-tantra, and there are other neo-tantra teachers. And then we have ancient tantra, which is still being taught in India today by many gurus who maybe who are difficult to find. And this form of Tantra is not as sexually focused 
as is Neo Tantra here in the West. This form of Tantra covers all aspects of life, and sexuality is perhaps one seventh of it. Um, this ancient, and then so these are the gurus that we can find in India, and then of course we have China with its Taoist tradition of Tantra, Japan with its Shingon tradition of Tantra, and again in America we have early in early America uh, the um, Tantra known as Kudoshka, which was a um, brought to us by a fellow named Harvey Harley Swiftier Reagan, who studied uh, the tantric practices of the Navajo and Cherokee Indian tribes who were here. So I'm hoping that by uh, letting you know that tantra is universal and has been practiced for thousands and thousands of years in, in cultures all over, that you'll come to understand that it's been a viable and valued part of multiple cultures. And um, <clears throat> so there are several aspects of tantra that combine in the um, tantric energy orgasm practice. And they are the, um, the basic elements of tantric practice, which is um, conscious breath, conscious and sexual breathing, um, movement in the form of pelvic tilts and um, and uh, use of contraction and expansion of uh, a part of our body known as our pubococcygeus muscle. So we come very close to awareness of our body and its energy flow in this practice. It's actually a second stage of uh, tantric practice, the first being meditation and um, self-love and a sense of being quiet and, and learning more about one's emotional terrain. I like to talk about um, Tantra in respect to its energy orgasm practice because it's pretty sensational wording and draws a lot of attention to Tantra and actually encompasses all of the major aspects of Tantra that one needs to become at least somewhat familiar with to have a sense of, of what Tantra is. And those aspects, again, are the... Um, conscious breath, and also a belief and an understanding that, at, at least in the world of Tantra, there's a belief that there's a central channel uh, that runs in our body from its base, uh, genital area, up to the crown of our heads, and this is uh, the channel along which lie the seven chakras, which I'll describe in a little more detail in the future. So in the realm of um, Tantra that I teach, we use the term inner flute to help uh, describe and depict the uh, channel that the energy flows along. And as we know, all flutes have seven notes and chakras also number seven. And um, so at first it might seem strange that there is such a channel within our bodies, but this is ancient and proven uh, to exist by all of the cultures that I mentioned especially the Taoists who detail uh, the anatomy, our physical anatomy and their relation to the chakras in, in, in pictures that can easily be found as, was, as well as very specific practices. So as we um, begin to bring our awareness into our physical bodies, settling down into a meditative state, <clears throat> and we become aware of our life force, our creative energy that is uh, circulating and pulsating in our base chakra area, <clears throat> we are starting to open the inner flute channel So, and beginning to set the stage to learn to amplify our energy, its arousal, and, to, and its orgasmic sensations throughout the entire body. And why would we want to do this? Because orgasmic energy is a term I like to use. It's like cleansing bubbles. It's like having Mr. Clean come in and, and start to circulate oxygen by virtue of the breath practices at an even greater volume throughout our bodies. And as it flows through our bodies and their chakras, it starts to remove blocks. It starts to remove traumas. It starts to remove little hurts little dents, little bruises uh, that may have accumulated in our bodies as, as life goes on. 
So, you know, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune can leave little, little hurts and um, restrictions to our energy flow. And so the um, tantric energy practice is designed to help those loosen up and move out and bring us into states of um, optimal being, into a depth of um, self-realization and sovereignty that would otherwise not be available. So I wonder, I wonder if you have any questions at this time. That's what I could answer for you before I go forward. Well, I no, you're doing great. Um, the okay. The I mean, you were just mentioning about uh, how the how the energy um, as it flows through cleans out the accumulated and dormant um, imprinting from our past. And and I um, I love the conversation. Keep going, but but the the notion of how deeply it can do it is is a very powerful aspect of the tantric practice. And so the mileage or the the effect, if you will, can have a much uh, deeper impact, which is much more liberating to you as a person, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you when you when we talk about cleaning out our subconscious, I mean you related the body and the subconscious so eloquently. Um, that's the that's the pay dirt for uh, deep and lasting changes. And and uh, I say deep and lasting, but I could flip that over and say vibrant and rejuvenating changes of our. Oh, persona. rejuvenating so, is such an important word. So keep going. I mean, you're yes. doing great. All right. Okay. Well, um, discovering the inner flute and learning to master energy flow along, it can be a really deeply transforming experience. And earlier, Les mentioned that men, many men had come into groups and shared things they perhaps were not even aware of when they finally found the opportunity to share of. And one of them that I found in respect to men, and I'll talk about women in a moment, is that... Um, they feel a lack of sovereignty, a lack of mastery and confidence in the way their sexual energy plays out. Um, and plays out is a pretty good word because um, often when uh, when we ejaculate instead of injaculate, and I'm going to talk about that in, in just a moment, we lose a lot of life force and we lose a lot of energy. One of the things that Tantra stresses and is a basic for men and is an important part of this Tantric energy orgasm practice is to learn how to feel that energy, that arousal fully, and to bring it back inside of the body, up inside and up the inner flute, the um, the channel that along which the chakras lie, and be able to play that flute. So allow that energy to be... Uh, stimulating and, and feeling sexual to be able to bring that energy into one's heart, to heal one's heart, to bring it into our throat, to be able to speak our truth, and then even to to bring it up into our uh, our third eye, our sixth chakra, and our crown chakra, in order to increase our intelligence, our intuition, and our ability to be one with ourselves and make really. Uh, joyful decisions about and take joyful decisions and take really and take actions that really lead to satisfaction and health and wealth. And for women, very often, um, they are unable to have any sort of orgasm, uh, any sort of sense of full bliss and joy, because their consciousness, their subconscious body, has so been affected by guilt and shame. Around around their sexuality, around being women, and um, and this is not a satisfactory situation for either male or female. One to feel, you know, not the complete sense of control, and the other to feel like they can't let go. And so, in the realm of the tantric energy orgasm practice, which, by the way, is a an individual solo practice that is uh, can be done standing, sitting, or lying down. In my uh, group gatherings, it is done uh, fully clothed, 
there's no nudity, there's no explicit sexual engagement with anyone else who's in the group. And I know this is a fear that often comes up and keeps people from coming to tantric events in general. So I'm going to digress for just a moment and stress that I, like many and most tantric gathering facilitators, have nothing but the utmost respect for the sovereignty and the boundaries of those people who are coming into the group. So most of us are very sensitive to this and have not only ourselves, but depending on the size of groups, several others who are keeping watch to see to it when one comes into the group and they sink into a space of um, surrender, that they are not made vulnerable to any sort of transgression or intrusion on their being in any way. And um, so you can trust me on this. So, and, and you can trust the majority and of uh, Tantra teachers who run group gatherings. And so I, I want to put that in place for those who are afraid of what might happen uh, if they were to come to our group. So, again, back to the setting and the, the space and the way that the uh, sovereign energy orgasm practices look. I'm holding them at the Osho Center, which is a deeply powerful and loving space where meditation has been led and engaged in by hundreds of people for 25 years. And so we look at this space, a space like the Osho Center, and we call it a Buddha field, which means for many people, the moment you walk into this space, shoes off, you feel a sense of being safely held, a, a sense or begin to feel. It depends. We're all different. A, a sense of being safe, and your heart opens up, and you feel that you can relax. Your shoes are off. So here we are, um, myself and my group, uh, ready to practice a sovereign tantric energy orgasm. And the first thing we do is we gather in an outside room with, where there's plenty of fresh water and um, and refreshments, normally in the form of fruit uh, or and and other foods that are orange and red colored. These colors, orange and red, are the colors of the base chakra, which, whose energy we start our practice with. And it's common in, tant- in the tantric world, just so you know, if you'd like to enliven and increase this energy in an easy, simple way, just eat lots of strawberries, oranges, uh, cantaloupes, and other things that are orange and red. And that will help your energy right there. And then there's a, so there's a time then for everyone to get comfortable with each other, get comfortable with the space, do a little bit of sharing, uh, some initial breath work, and some descriptions on my part that I'm going to share with you just a little later on about the aspects of the energy orgasm practice. And after that, we enter into a room which is dimly lit. Um, everyone is given their own yoga mat, which is there space that has boundaries, right, left, top, and bottom, as well as a blanket that they can cover themselves with and a blindfold. So very shortly after having settled into this space, which is lit by candles with music playing, a great sense of relaxation comes in and everyone is invited to feel that they are in their own sacred space sharing in a group energy in a Buddha field of love and light and that while they can't see anyone, remember they're wearing blindfolds, no one can see them either. And so we then begin our our journey through the chakras. And I'm going to take a moment now just to describe the chakras. Many of you I know are very, very familiar with them. Um, the... Um, central channel along which the chakras lie has been recognized as and has not been recognized in many cases as an anatomical fact of life. It does, however, follow actual physical and neurological pathways through our body that connects with our endocrine glands. And these seven glands, our sex glands, our adrenals, pancreas, thymus, thyroid, pituitary, and pineal, regulate our body's vitality and energy flow. And by practicing the sovereign tantric energy orgasm practice, we open this inner flute and we irrigate 
these subtle pathways through our body and its organs. And so this is where we produce vitality, rejuvenation, and increased overall life force energy. So um, the experience, this experience that I'm describing of, of opening up our energy, amplifying it, nurturing it, and helping it to expand and grow can never be, never be found or experienced through intellectual reading of books or um, watching even sometimes watching videos on YouTube can be useful, but only if you instead put the practice into um, action. So, so our practices, the ones that we endeavor to master in, in our sovereign tantric energy orgasm practice evenings are really experimental. Um, we can't explain uh, scientifically exactly how it works, and uh, you might be skeptical, but I hope this won't prevent you from participating at least to some degree in uh, the sovereign energy practice, which I'm going to lead you through closer to the end of our time together. Um, so this is not a question of a practice where we enter in expecting on our first time to become fully free-flowing energetic, energetic beings with um, a great feeling of, of vitality and rejuvenation as we leave the group. However, um, the comments that we hear and we see people experience and we can see it in their faces and their physiology as they begin to leave the group uh, bear, bear uh, witness to the fact that this practice can be effective the first time for, for many, many people, in fact, most. Some, for some people, it can take years, and so it takes a lot of dedication and, and um, to get through it. So I'm going to now uh, do two things. I'm going to describe briefly each of the seven chakras, their place in our body and their effect and their impact on our well-being, as well as the three basic elements of the practice itself. So I'll start with the chakras. Again, I know that many of you are familiar. I might be preaching to the choir here. So our base chakra, as I've alluded to earlier, is our sex chakra. And this chakra corresponds to our genitals, and it is associated with giving birth and with the sensations of life and survival. So when our energy is flowing freely through our base chakra, we'll feel fired up fired up with uh, sexuality, fired up with um, enthusiasm for our work, our family, our jobs, our partners, and other aspects of our life. So the mental image of this fire energy is a dark red color, and many of you have seen this on chakra depictions, most generally in a chakra banner. And with this sense of life uh, that we begin to expand and nurture, we can have a sense of aliveness and a, um, a zest for life that is often symbolized perhaps like someone like Zorba the Greek, and you may have others that um, uh, epitomize this aspect of you. When this chakra is not relaxed and fully open, our life force energy is unable to flow freely. And People experience negative feelings such as a, a sense of scarcity, um, a guilt about sex. And guilt and shame about sex, by the way, are impressed upon us very, very often by the culture that we live in um, through all forms of media, uh, perhaps parental uh, comments or experiences we may have in school. So all of us have most of us, very rarely do we find someone who isn't um, pampered, whose life force energy is not hampered by the myths around sexuality, that it's a bad thing, that it's not a spiritual thing, that it's shameful, that it's animalistic only. Well, Tantra is a combination, is, is, a, is an integration and of both sexuality and spirituality. An analogy I like to bring forward is imagine a rocket ship sitting on its landing trying to take off without any fire underneath it. Well, it wouldn't get very far, would it? And this is often uh, the path, what happens when we're on a path of spirituality that cuts us off 
um, at, at just below the waist and ignores the fire and the energy and the life force of our sexuality. So we, we again, are using sexuality, sexual energy as spiritual rocket fuel uh, to, to reach heights uh, otherwise unattainable. We're just not going to get there without this energy being enlivened and fired up. So all of those, all that guilt and shame, very often is um, dispelled without much conversation, without much um, verbalization, as we begin uh, the um, this breath movement and sound aspects, which I'll describe in a little bit uh, after the chakras. So then, above our, our sexual chakra, we have our lower belly chakra. It's located just below the navel, and it is our body's natural center of balance and movement. So in the Taoist traditions of China and the Shingon of Japan, this is called the hara, and it is seen as the center of gravity for our bodies. So when our energy flows freely through our second chakra, we feel strength, we feel vitality, and an aliveness that exudes from a healthy and relaxed body. And when we don't have this, energy, we can feel stiff, we can feel tense, critical of our partner as though they were the problem, uh, dissatisfied, jealous, competitive, ready to go to war. Uh, I just like to bring that up quite uh, loudly. Uh, and so in this closed state, we we just um, are not as are those who are operating at their full potential. Orgasm in this uh, condition, in this state, is reduced to performance, um, worrying about what we're how, uh, the doing aspect. It involves athletics, achievement, and um, and it misses the point completely. And so this is our, our second chakra. We want that second chakra, which is uh, epitomized by the um, element water. So in our base chakra, we have fire. And in our second chakra, we have flow. We have um, great waves of sensation and pleasure uh, that are allowed to move freely through our bodies and to really bring us a great deal of, of bliss. Above this, our sexual chakra, which is yellow and gold in color, uh, orange, oranges and yellow and gold. We have our solar plexus, and this is just below the rib cage. Rib cage. And here is where our now freed up life force and sexual energy is, is really felt as personal power. People uh, who, have free, who have their energy freed up are charismatic. They are self-assured, and they project themselves into the world and make things happen the way that they would like them to happen for the highest good of themselves and all of those that they are, you know, related to. So when the third chakra is relaxed and open, lovers feel as they are as though they are masters of their emotions and capable of being equal partners, really playing their flute, their inner channel, and all of its aspects in harmony. And um, as a cliche will go, they're making beautiful music together. So their lovemaking expresses their power to transform and, and to conquer and and orgasm here can be experienced as the ultimate expression of personal power. When that third when the third chakra is tense or blocked, sex can feel threatening. People fear that orgasm will take their energy away, that it's really a bad thing, or they aren't up to it or good enough. Or that premature ejaculation is an an incurable condition. Not so. So this center, again, is the color yellow, expressing, expressing cheerfulness, radiance, and confidence. And now we come to heart chakra. And those of you who, you know, are listening, if you would just place your hand just above or maybe perhaps on your heart, you realize that our heart chakra is the one that is the mediator between our, our three lower chakras that have to do with sexuality, with survival, with um, energy and manifestation. And bringing into our heart, which is located, of course, in the center of our chest, here, when, when sexual energy is brought into our heart, we experience a desire to merge and to melt with each other. 
and there's a passion to share love and joy and laughter and be a playful child just for the sake of giving. And when this center is relaxed and open, when the energy flow has has taken place and blocks and hurts have been cured and healed, and that doesn't always happen easily, so I'm not saying that it's a quick process. Uh, you feel open. You feel trust, empathy, and compassion. And when it's closed, you feel doubtful and cynical and argumentative and, and you think that and one can think that whatever is wrong with their relationship has to do with the other person. They're projecting outward. And so this, um, as love and sex meet, your um, relationship experience becomes qualitatively different. Some of you may be saying at this point and thinking, well, gee, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have a partner. For whatever reasons, that's true. When one practices the sovereign tantric energy orgasm practice and clears and opens their own heart, so much more readily, so much more easily does one find oneself in proximity to a partner, the right partner for themselves, without without using um, any of the dating sites or hanging out or trying. It's just who you're being that brings to you the person who's being is compatible with yourself. So this is a place where I'd also like to address a, a commonly had belief is that tantric practice is one for which you need a partner. And, of course, earlier I mentioned that our sovereign tantric energy practice is a solo practice. And this is because when we... <clears throat> When we are fully energized and uh, our hearts are open as an individual, then we can do one of two things, either attract a new partner or relate in a more harmonious way in an expanded and up-level way with the partner that we're with and our children as well and our coworkers, so just really everyone. So the heart right there is in the center. This color, The color of the heart is green, so it expresses spring and freshness and creativity and rebirth. And just above it is our throat chakra. And when this chakra is open, you know what you want and who you are and you can express it. And you feel at ease with yourself. And its color, by the way, I like to mention is blue, as is truth. So it's true blue. Uh, and when this center is closed, you wonder. You're not sure what you feel. And you might tend to cater to someone else's desires and needs rather than recognizing and following your own. And as a result, you tend to imitate others and you might, you know, fake an orgasm. Uh, you might brag about sexual conquests that were never yours and in, to avoid appearing inadequate. So uh, orgasmic expansion can help overcome these things. And the color uh, of the throat chakra is blue ex- Expressing the depth of wisdom and truth. And there's two more to go. We have our forehead chakra. This same energy we find in, in, on its passage up uh, through the inner flute gives us a feeling of space and freedom. Our thinking is clear. Um, our intuition, our gut feeling is prominent. It's one that our mind can absorb and take into consideration when making decisions about action. So you, we discover powers, intuition, and imagination using this inner wisdom. And this is why in the East, again, it's called the third eye. And this is one of the reasons, one of the aspects and benefits of Tantra that have been relegated and kept secret and channeled only toward the, um, the rulers of multiple cultures, at least in the past. And this is so that they would have all of this power, all of this intuition, all of this wisdom, while those who were subjugated beneath their rule were cut off from these things and were easily made malleable and made enabled to live outside of their own truth, their own energy and their own integrity and sovereignty. So in a way, in this way, as we reach the level of... uh, Self, self-direction and, and self-sovereignty, um, we become a little bit difficult for those who are not operating in our best good to uh, handle us. <laughs> and I'm all for that. So I just want to bring that right, forward. Yeah. 
Okay. And then just last but not least, we have our crown chakra. Finally, when the energy in our practice reaches the top of the head, you feel a joyful collection, connection with everything around you. And this is known as nirvana bliss. And it's being it's just a sense of, of being one with all that is and without having any boundaries and really feeling um, perhaps as joyful and free of restriction as one might have felt, you know, floating in their mother's uh, womb. So you're just without anything but joy and bliss and positive expectations. So those are that's a brief description of the chakras that I'm going to be uh, referring to as as I describe the practice in itself. And then there are just three um, three physical aspects to generating and enlivening our sexual energy. And none of the chakras. One is known as PC pump. So I know that many of you have heard of the PC pump, especially if you've been attending Tantra workshops or even reading about Tantra. And it is really the base, uh, the PC pump, a muscle contraction of the pubic coccygeus muscle is really a base for um, holding in and uh, strengthening and locking down our energy so that it doesn't flow out of our body so that we are able to channel it upwards into our life, into our heart, into our mind, and into our um, self-expression. So this muscle, the pubic coccygeus or PC muscle, is the one that we use to stop and start the flow of urine. And um, many of you know this practice as Kegels. Kegels are not quite the same, but they're quite similar. So this muscle spreads out like butterfly wings at the bottom of the pelvis. It connects our anus and genitals to our sitting bones and legs, and it's the basic muscle of our pelvic floor. It It is this muscle and its mastery uh, that lends itself to longevity and to health through all of those long, long years because its strength, by virtue of its, been, of its having been uh, exercised, keeps our life force energy inside of our bodies and available to us for more and more life, um, whether it's longevity or life in the time when we're even younger. The um, second aspect is our sexual breathing. And in this practice, we um, learn to play our inner flute. We learn to expand our breath. Uh, Similar to our brains, we use about one-seventh of our breath in our everyday life. So our bodies are not being nurtured, they are not being enlivened, they are, don't have those free floating oxygen uh, bubbles flowing through it, you know, clearing and cleaning and enlivening things up. And so sexual breathing is really important. We combine it with the PC pump in uh, the sovereign tantric energy practice. And so that's number two. And then number three is visualization and imagination. So we have to be able to visualize the um, chakras in order to uh, to get the full benefit of the practice. And um, I said that was number three, but actually number three is pelvic rocking. And this is follows naturally from doing the PC pump and sexual breathing. And it's just a simple movement that we is- in which we isolate our bodies below the waist and just rocking gently back and forth loosening up our psoas muscle, which is known as the muscle of the soul. And it is this muscle, the muscle of the soul, the psoas, which is so often uh, truncated and made stiff and unresponsive by us in our lives, the lives that we spend driving in our cars, sitting and driving in our cars, sitting in front of our computers, sitting in meetings, sitting going over Facebook on our phones. And so this is why... um, you may have heard the saying, sitting is the new smoking. So, uh, then, <laughs> so, so we have, our, we have our, our chakra system. We have our understanding and belief in, in the central channel. And we have our, our three uh, movements incorporating breath and, and sound. And um, then we then combine them into the energy practice. So I'm going to stop right here and just say if you might have a quick question or two or so, before I... Go ahead and describe the practice and invite those of you who are listening to join me in it in, in your sitting position. So any any questions coming up or comments? Uh, great content. Great delivery. Keep going. 
Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So this practice, uh, the one that I utilize at the Osho Center in North Boulder, uh, every every week of the month, with the exception of summer when it's every other week, this is based on uh, one of the um, global cultures that I mentioned, and that is the um, Kodoshka practice. So this the Kodoshka, which is based on um, Navajo and Cherokee studies of, of a gentleman named Harley Swift Deer Reagan, was uh, disseminated throughout the United States and throughout the entire world. And it's a lot more accessible uh, for those of us wanting to master the sovereign energy orgasm practice than many others. So, <clears throat> so again, I invite those of you who are uh, listening who would like to uh, to join in this practice to take a moment in your seated position or lying down or standing, whatever if you're lying down, you can adapt this. If you're standing or uh, sitting, what I'm going to ask you to do is place your feet firmly on the floor. So really feeling, feeling the surface beneath you, imagining it as the earth. And take a few really relaxing breaths through the mouth. Uh, excuse me, through the nostrils. And then exhaling through the mouth as though you were blowing out birthday candles. So inhaling through the nostrils. Exhaling through an open mouth. Relaxing even more deeply. Emptying your mind letting go of tension, really settling in. And now we're going to initiate the pelvic rocking that I mentioned, which is simpler, is simple uh, to, to start with. So what we're going to do is just arch our lower back on the inhale and then relax it on the exhale. So rocking forward, just a gentle motion. Inhaling at the same time, and then letting the muscle con- the muscle arch go and exhaling. So try this a few times. Arch, inhale, relax, and exhale. Arch, inhale, relax, and exhale. Got that? <laughs> The next step is to combine squeezing your PC muscle. Now, I don't expect most of us to be able to do that and to really isolate that. So just do the best you can. Imagine that you're wanting to stop the flow of urine. And so as you inhale and arch forward, contract that muscle. And don't be concerned if your whole buttock area contracts at this time, unless you're already a master and then you let me know that. So arching your back as you inhale and contracting, and then relaxing, letting your breath flow, and letting your PC muscle uh, relax at the same time. So these PC squeezes, the PC pulse, can actually stimulate your entire uh, pelvic bowl, your entire life force energy, your genitalia, and begins to pump energy up through your body, up through your whole body. So... This is a practice. We have a few minutes, so I'm going to go a little bit quickly just to run all of us through this. So this is the initial practice. Energy will follow thought. So we use our mind as we're inhaling, arching, and contracting, um, exhaling, relaxing, and relaxing again, to imagine that we're pulling energy up from the Earth's atmosphere through our feet, up our calves, into our thighs, and into our perineum, the area between our anus, and our genitals. So it's coming up from the earth, from the roiling, burling, fiery center of the earth, through our legs into our pelvic area, and beginning to uh, color that area red and orange, and really the colors of fire. So we visualize now that this warmth and energy and vitality is 
is coming into and expanding and enlivening and warming up our pelvic bowl, our um, the area just from the base of the genitals to just below the belly. And imagine that it becomes very, very nice and warm and energizing and high. And then we come up um, to the belly area. So we just allow that energy as we're breathing in. We breathe it up now past the pelvic area into our belly so that we're expanding it even further. So you're coming from your pelvic bowl up to your belly and circulate until this fire is burning even stronger. And once we have this happening, and we've got just a few minutes left, I'm going to speed up a little, we come up to our next level, which is our heart. And here, as we take our in-breath and our contractions, we circulate the energy just from our belly to our heart, from our heart to our belly. So we're circulating the energy from our third, between our third and fourth chakras. And now uh, that we have that mastered, or at least... Um, gone through as an initial uh, exposure, we try the throat. So circulating this energy that we've been holding, that we've brought up to our heart, we circulate from the heart to the throat and from the throat to the heart in a circular motion. When this energy moves up, many people automatically begin to make sounds. So these kinds of sounds are orgasmic sounds or groans or sometimes people laugh, sometimes they cry. Sometimes they shout. Sometimes they want to pound the floor. But as the energy moves up, moves up, our throat begins to let go of whatever it's been holding and, and to make it apparent to the outside world. In the space that we work in, the Buddha field of the Osho Center, for me, these kinds of sounds are regularly made through many, many kinds of emotional release techniques. There's never anyone around that would object to this. And so the louder it gets, if loud is, is, is what's right for you, is perfectly acceptable. So we really encourage um, a lot of sound to emerge from the throat. And then, so now here we are with our first freedom for many people, not everyone. And we begin to keep circulating uh, the energy <clears throat> almost automatically. We'll feel this happen without any effort at all. The energy will start to move up to the third eye, the space between your two eyebrows. And so we're circulating the energy from the throat to the third eye now, from the fifth and sixth chakras. And as the energy is, is fully uh, circulating and can be felt in the third eye, and one can begin to feel this, then we uh, move it up to the top of our head, our seventh chakra. And at a certain point, for many, many people, it may feel like energy is shooting out the top of their heads, like water out of a hose or like sparklers uh, in a 4th of July celebration where there's just a, a big explosion upwards. And soon very many people will, full, will kick into a full body orgasm. Remember, they're lying, you're lying on your yoga mat and you're, you're blind, you have a blindfold. You can't see anyone. No one can see you. You may have a blanket over you. And so we invite everyone who participates to go with this motion, to allow their arms and legs and, and torso to move and flail about. They might scream. They might laugh. They might pound the floor. Um, their fists may clench. And, um, and it's just a huge, a huge let go. And when this happens... Um, our time uh, for the first round of this has come to an end. And we, everyone simply stays in their place, allows their um, body's reactions to play themselves out, and then relax into their own sacred space that we've created. And, um, and to, in that relaxation, really feel the new vitality and energy that's flowing through their body. So, and this then is a place of, of great quiet, at which point we turn on some lights, um, play the music a little bit louder, and it's not unusual for people to take as long as 20 minutes to come out of this space and this place and the sense of energy flowing that they themselves have created with their own um, muscles and movement and imagination and relaxation. And so this well, then is nice. the... Oh, good. 
I, that was very comprehensive. I, I, uh, you did a fantastic job delivering such uh, articulate content, and uh, I appreciate that very much. Now, you've been talking about um, the practices at the Osho Center in Boulder, but you also work with people online. Can you share with our audience um, how people from around the world can work with you? Absolutely. When I when I have an opportunity to um, to speak with people from around the world, it, this generally happens within a free twenty minute consult that I make available to people, not only people outside of uh, Denver, Colorado, Boulder area, but around the world. This gives them and myself a chance to see that we're aligned, and so this free twenty minute chat is available to anyone through my website, uh, Journey to Tantric Bliss, or by calling me at um, 303-630-9479. So once we talk for 20 minutes, and then I ask them if we have agreed that working with me will be a benefit to them, and I feel that I can help them, um, I ask them to fill out what I call a personal profile. And this allows them to describe in depth many aspects of their experience and their um attraction to Tantra and gives and they can expand it and fill it out and answer only those questions they're really comfortable with. It then gives me an understanding of them that inspires, at least in my mind, several of the practices that I would like to take them through. So here they are in the other part of the world. Let's say they're in London or let's say they're in Denver and they don't want to come to Boulder. Um, and I will then talk with them about my feelings and, and my inspiration about what will serve them to achieve their goals. And when and if they agree, then I will send them uh, as a preparation for our time together online on either Skype or FaceTime some preparatory uh, actions that they can take. And those can be very many, and depending on the practice. And so once they've received that and once they've taken and they've taken those actions and now the screen opens up, and um, I check in with them. They can see me. They can see me, and I can see them. And I can guide them through the practice, stopping periodically to see how it is for them, see how their comfort level is, and um, and then continuing until we reach its uh, com completion. And, again, checking in to allow them to verbalize how that practice was for them. And we find in all tantric community that verbalizing one's experience really helps to ground it and to root it into uh, one's consciousness. And so um, in many cases, so that's, that's how we go. So then they have, they have a practice which is described in great detail in a printout. Sometimes I do audios for people and they can practice that until our next time together. When I can check in with them to see how their form is, if they've been getting the kinds of results we know are possible, what might be standing in the way of their um, full expansion, and on and on until they are satisfied uh, with the level of mastery. And then depending on what else has been up for them, I can we can go through several other practices. Now, in the case of couples, very often this sort of guidance uh, takes place a little later in the evening or whatever time they've been able to set aside for themselves as they've had to get a babysitter or get rid of some clients or whatever they need to do to set a sacred space. And so very often with couples um, who are in their own space, their own bedrooms or any other place they choose to be, we will go through this practice and then um, without any conversation at all, it's just I'm fading out. <laughs> and they are left uh, together in a state of heightened intimacy and um, arousal to uh, allow that to carry them to the next step in their own privacy. So these sessions oh, generally nice. take. <laughs> Thank you. These general these these sessions can range from 45 minutes to an hour and a half in length, and that is dependent on the persons I'm working with and you know what really feels best for them. Well, Judith, I want to That's thank that. you for being our guest tonight. Uh, you've really brought some very excellent content, and your delivery was most superb. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to all of you there in the audience, too. We've been talking with Judith Ann Condon, and the topic tonight has been tantric energy orgasms. Uh, 
It's always a pleasure for me to bring you episodes like this as as we all collectively discover more of our truth, more of our power, more of our authenticity. So I'm I'm so glad you, as a listener, chose to join us tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. As always, such a pleasure. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.